0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Ofakind, an online shop for emerging design. For more information, visit ofakind.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn.
3: Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, March 19th, and this is the 11th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today our theme is social media, and I have a good friend who is a social media expert here who I, who I will introduce shortly. First, I'm going to do my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round questions, restaurant news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Okay, today's tip is to get on social media. Of course it is, right? So, why? Well, first of all, I think it's awesome. And second, it's not going anywhere. Social media is here to stay. And from a PR perspective, it's a wonderful, free tool that, you can, that can help you grow your business and gain customers. In my opinion, the three prime social media platforms to be on now are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see what my expert thinks of that in a second. I like these apps as they are easy to use and great for online networking, and they help restaurants engage with their clientele and gain followers through conversation and images. Plus, they're fun. So that's my tip get on social media. It's not only the future, it is now. Okay, I'm excited about my guest today. It is Jeffrey Allen, the Executive Director of Social Media at Wagstaff Worldwide, which is a full service PR and marketing firm that specializes in hospitality. Jeffrey, or Jeff as I like to call him, Brings a background in technology and more than 10 years of diverse experience in hospitality marketing, social media, and branding to Wagstaff. With a keen perspective on experiential and influencer marketing, he spearheads Wagstaff's growth in the digital arena and builds on the company's dedication to creating dynamic, multifaceted marketing campaigns for its clients. Before joining Wagstaff, Jeff worked at several respected New York City agencies, supporting a wide variety of consumer brands, restaurants, high-profile, celebrated chefs, and a key and key culinary industry events. A native of northern Virginia, Jeff grew up on an inspirational diet of banh mi, Peruvian chicken, souvlaki, and his mother's southern cooking, setting an early stage for his ongoing love of food. Since graduating from Tufts University, he has traveled and eaten his way across nearly 30 countries, always in search of interesting street food and spice markets. So, welcome, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Sherry. You're welcome. I have to say, when I read this, uh, this nearly 30 countries, <laughs> I actually took the time then to count how many countries I've been to, and I'm close, too. I'm close. But
4: What was your favorite uh, country food-wise?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Well, recently I was in Spain, and I felt I I was there for 10 days, and I felt I could have just kept eating Spanish food. Like, I wasn't tired of it. What about you? Uh,
4: I think Thailand. I went to uh, Thailand on my honeymoon, and the sheer variety of spicy, delicious street food um, made every day happy for (laughs) myself and my wife. Um, I think my favorite moment in Thailand was about 6 a.m. outside of a hospital, um, where we were jet lagged, and they were serving deep-fried pork belly uh-huh. with uh, fried garlic and uh, sticky rice, which was kind of the
3: breakfast of champions in my book. Yum! Well, yeah, Thailand's sure. on my list. I haven't been there yet. High on my list. Well, <laughs> well when
4: you're ready to go, I have a whole list for you. Of places Thank to you. Check
3: out. You know you are my go-to travel food guy. You always have the best recommendations.
4: Well, when I get back to Spain and go to San Sebastian, where you went, which I have not been to, I will definitely be hitting you up
3: as well. All right. Feel free. I would be happy to share. Okay, so social media. So how did you get into social media? How did you get into, I mean, what with joining WAG staff, like, what's the story? Uh, I
4: mean, for me, my background out of college was software development um, in the air traffic control industry, which is about – As many degrees away from hospitality as you can get, but I've always loved food and loved cooking and grew up with a a mother who was a fantastic cook and um, in a neighborhood that had lots of diverse cuisines. So I always loved food and I I worked in a terrible restaurant in college in Boston. Um, But, you know, social media is um, a combination of sort of technology and marketing. So from my tech background, I went um, forward and Got involved in the dot-com world on a marketing side. And then when I moved to New York, um, I've worked in a variety of different places, including uh, 212 Management Marketing. Um, That's where we met. It is. um, It was a very, very fun time in my life um, working with um, celebrity chefs, uh, doing brand management, um, as well as really interesting brands, um, doing uh, kind of linkages between the chefs and the brands and um, experiential marketing and events. Um, so it was a, a great time. And then I, I worked out of the hospitality industry at an agency, Ammo Marketing, that focused on experiential, word of mouth, and influencer marketing, which is where I first got interested in the whole idea of, of social media. Um, and that was really before today's landscape of social media existed.
3: Right. So you joined Wagstaff then, was it a year, year or two, year or two ago? It's
4: been a year and a half. Okay. Yes. And, and so Wagstaff Worldwide has been around since 1999. Um, Mary Waxaff, who was the founder, has grown the company um, to encompass several divisions, including creative services, destination marketing, and the core functionality of, uh, of PR and media relations. Mm-hmm. And um, I ran into Mary, who I've known for years, in Aspen at the Food and Wine Classic, um, where I frequently run into you. Um, right. Correct. Um, the best. So I ran into her, uh, and she had asked me if she if I knew anyone who did Social media consulting, and I said that was one of the things I did do, and I, I didn't know she was looking to start a division at the time, uh, but we we got to talking, and um, her vision of what to do um, within the company to start a digital marketing and social media group, um, I thought was um, showed a lot of foresight, and I was I was really curious about it, and uh, um, have been with Wagstaff for now eighteen months.
3: That's 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 great, and I mean. From so Wagstaff, I was last week. I was citing some of the all the cities you're in, and then on the website, I realized I missed some because you have offices in L.A., New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and Aspen. mean, you're and you're quite quite a large company, and I mean, I'm the I'm a very small company, and I'm right now I've been doing social media. Um, I've been handling it, and I also recently hired someone to assist me. Um, so how with with such a big firm how are you like how does it work how are you managing it and and working with the pr and marketing team because it's all at least for me since doing it myself i know it's all interrelated
4: it is and it's um it's fantastic to have the support of a a company as big as wax that has quite a few processes and um, that are embedded in ways of doing things that um are systemized as well as a core team that helps with with IT and all the other things that um, I know are when you're a smaller agency, uh, i a IT. lot of your time, your IT. Scary, and right. Scary and everything else. <laughs> um, but being able to work with the PR teams that are, are super creative and, um, and also very much in touch with social media. And there's such an overlap between media um, as they write for their, their print and um, mm-hmm. uh, or broadcasting on TV or just blogging. There's an overlap between social media and the long lead, um, Uh, publications so um, it's very much on their mind um, but it's great to be able to work most of my clients actually are both PR and social media clients and so the social media team is based in New York um, but we do have um, supporting uh, cast members I would say um, in San Francisco um, and then LA and Chicago um, on certain projects so um, it's we're very much online and um, Doing Google Google Hangouts with each other and uh, chatting. Um, oh, that's cool! Yeah, constantly, I'm on the phone a lot.
3: So, what's one of the clients that you're doing social media and PR for? Um, well, there's that you there's, want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> um,
4: so, outside of the restaurant space, actually, there um, there's there's a number, but um, Hall Wines, which is um, oh, uh, I know of them. Yeah, they they make fantastic cabernets under the Hall. Um, Label as well mm-hmm. as Pinos under Walt, so they they are both a PR and a social media client, and they have a core marketing team at Hall that we work with and talk to weekly and create content with together. We manage Facebook ad campaigns for them um, as well as uh, strategy, um, and then the PR team um, is there on the ground very often. They can help us uh, capture content when necessary, um, and we're very much we talk with the PR team very frequently about. The big initiatives that they're working on for the for the client, making sure the social media strategy lines up.
3: Well, that makes sense. What about uh? Are you doing the social media for any restaurants? Uh,
4: we are. Yeah, we uh, work with um, uh, a fairly new client in San Francisco, um, Alexander Steakhouse. They have um, a very high end uh, steakhouse that has a pretty amazing tasting menu in San Francisco, as well as one in Cupertino and uh, brand extension the Sea, which is in um, Palo Alto. Um, so we've come on with them recently, and they're also a, a PR client. Um, and there's, there's, uh, you know, there's others. Uh, not to go into our whole client list, but, right? Um, and also, we have clients like that we do work on events. So the LA Food and Wine Festival, mm-hmm. Festival as well as uh, Pebble Beach Food and Wine, uh, which That's is coming, coming up, up next month. Um,
3: I, yeah, I've been to LA, and I haven't been to the Pebble Beach. And every year, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm mad at myself that I'm not going but I, and I have to put it on my agenda for next year.
4: Well, I haven't been to the festival yet and this is our first year working with them, but I can tell you LA food and Wine was a blast. And it was also from a social media standpoint, great for us because we were able to fully take over their social media for the duration of the festival. And we got them on Instagram and got some coverage from Instagram themselves in their blog, which really helped push their, um, their following up. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun to be able to be at the festival and, uh, capture content and photography and um uh, engage with all the people at the festival uh and also to be at the festival which is really a ton of fun
3: yeah no true when i go to events i always i find it hard to kind of there's too much to do with the socializing the taking the pictures the tweeting instagramming i've always i always i guess i used to think that these these tools or these apps were very quick you know it takes you a second to tweet something and i keep finding it takes a lot more time to to put into it and to to even to look up the handles and and you know strategize
4: well you know uh social media can be very uh fun exciting can also be very unsexy so before la food and wine we we have uh, a whole series of spreadsheets that have every um sponsor chef uh, winery that's pouring their social media handles a list of what they're making at the event so that we're fully prepared to not have to ask them what their dish is and try to word that into a, a tweet um
3: no that's smart
4: so we, we come prepared um, yeah and we have notebooks very undigital notebooks um uh, that we carry around with us but you know it, it does take a couple minutes to create a tweet and then it takes about 10 minutes to find where to recharge your iphone um <laughs> so that's always a Difficult aspect is um, You know Being uh, Given Have all the right equipment with you So uh, We've taken to using A camera I have a camera that has Wi-Fi built into it um, That Canon makes Oh, so no, I cool I can connect my iPad I can take photos with the camera And then connect the iPad To the camera directly As a Wi-Fi hotsp- hotspot And then Load the photos on my iPad Where I can then At a larger screen um, Create Instagram posts In fairly real time um, That's neat <laughs> yeah, it it just uh, it um it works really well. You get much mm-hmm. higher quality photos and then you don't have to worry about draining your um mobile device's battery, which is often a problem as you probably found at events.
3: Well, I've I've gotten on board the the Mofi uh whatever with them and I, I someone at an event, I think it was at um New York City Food and Wine Festival and a chef was like Oh, I don't have to worry about my battery draining. I have the Mophie. So I went and looked it up and I I got one and I love it because I can go the whole I mean that's like you can certainly go a whole day and then it recharges you for another, you know, another full life. But um it's still, you know, what you're doing is is I think great. I think I might need to invest in a Mophie. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I I just I I just endorsed it and I, I I I was I was a little hesitant. I was like, "Really?" But I thought it was worth it. I think you have a new sponsor for your uh, show. Oh, very cool. (laughs) I'll reach out to them right afterward. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
0: Today's music is by TaxStar on heritageradionetwork.org. Interested in
1: emerging design? Check out Of A Kind, a site that sells the pieces and tells the stories of up-and-coming makers. The site has featured over 200 designers and offers limited edition pieces you can't find anywhere else, along with the studio tours, travel guides, even recipes from the designers. To find out more, head to ofakind.com and sign up for the site's newsletter.
3: welcome back to all in the industry on heritage radio network I'm Sherry Bayer and my guest today is Jeff Allen of Wagstaff worldwide and we're talking social media so jeff i want I want to see what you thought in my PR tip i I mentioned that i I think Facebook Twitter, and Instagram are the key platforms or apps whatever you call them to be on what do you what do you think of that
4: um, I would agree but I'd also expand the list so um Instagram is probably my personal favorite. Um, Yeah, me too. I love looking at other people's Instagram photos. Uh, I think it's great for brands, but also when you um, can identify people within your restaurant or restaurant group, maybe it's a chef or a wine director or even an owner or manager who um, has an eye for photography and um, can help you tell your story. Getting them personally on Instagram really is very effective. Um, I follow just probably more people, individuals, and chefs than I do restaurants or um, entities or you know brands, so I think yeah, Instagram's I think really powerful too. in that sense. Um, and there's the cliche, you know, picture tells a thousand, thousand words. words. yeah. Is that and, it? But it's, yeah, it really is true in this case. Um, Facebook, um, you know, we've looked at a lot at analytics from um, our clients' websites, and on whole. Um, Facebook is the number one um, social media site that drives traffic to websites. So I think that's an indication of its um, the scope of how many people are on Facebook and how powerful it can be for uh, restaurants. Um, with the asterisk next to that, that uh, Yelp is actually number one if you consider Yelp social media.
3: I yeah. wasn't, but I guess
4: we we do I we should we, we consider it w- with our clients for sure. All review sites mm-hmm. anywhere where um, someone could. Uh, post a photo, uh, sentiment, a tip, reviews—all that's considered um, by us for our clients when we're we're doing our work. It's not just Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram, especially for restaurants. Um, uh, Facebook has made quite a few changes over the past year on their edge rank algorithm. I think um, they're always changing it. They're always changing it, and they're making it harder and harder for brands to reach their audiences organically. So there, there's. I mean, really, we're seeing numbers like 5% of your audience might see a, a post. Um, and you're competing for that real estate with other Facebook pages and uh, the friends of your fans. So um, we're doing more and more in the way of paid advertising for select content for our our, our clients. And I think that um, Facebook is nice in that it does give you a wide variety of tools to actually reach audiences in a paid sense. Um, you can do interest-based targeting, demographic targeting. Um you know including age, gender, and location um, oh, as well as a lot of other factors are you do you have a college educa- education um, uh, have you shown a um, inclination to travel? do you have a birthday coming up so you can create ads based mm-hmm. on all these factors so I think in the future people will shift their advertising if they're advertising in local magazines um, you know, certain restaurants yeah. do do some advertising I think that will end up shifting to to Facebook more and more I can um, see that uh. Twitter can be great, especially as an information source, uh, customer service, um, uh, cer- certainly sentiment analysis, um, and then for news. I mean, I really look at it to see what's going on.
3: Um, I get all breaking news on Twitter.
4: Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, you know, it's important to create that news yourself, but really it's a great tool for,
1: mm-hmm. for
4: um, seeing what people are saying in general and about you. And then I'll add to the list uh, Google Places for business. Okay. Um, Google, which owns... Zagat um, uh, and Zagat fuels a lot of Mm -hmm. the the reviews in your Google um, listing, but if you go search on Google for your restaurant or on Google Maps uh, you will see uh, what's returned and you have the ability as a restaurant to own that information, control your brand presence. So especially if you have multiple units, you can create this dashboard of all of your businesses. Um, You can do advertising, uh, but you can also read and respond to reviews on Open Table, for example, is Mm -hmm. integrated there. Yeah. Um, Upload photos, so you have a lot of control there. And because mobile is, I mean, it's really representing like fifty percent of web traffic for restaurants these days. I think that came up last week on your, on your show.
3: Yes, it did.
4: Um, (laughs) You can't ignore where people are searching with their mobile devices, and Google is the, the, the gorilla in the room.
3: Yeah, that makes sense, and it's good to know. What about Pinterest?
4: Um, We we do have a couple clients that are um, effectively using Pinterest. It's not, it's not for everyone. Um, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's 80% women. Um, last time I, I read about it. So it,
1: yeah.
4: Um, if you are focusing on women specifically, or you have a very visual story to tell, or you want to curate some content um, uh, that's related to your, your brand, um, it just, you know, one thing I found is at restaurants, um, they do have a, limited bandwidth, and Pinterest usually is falls sort of second in their mind. It's not as important and doesn't get the same attention.
3: That's what I was finding. So, uh, with uh, my question, I was going to ask, well, two things. Well, first, before the question from last week, with these accounts, are you, I've been, uh, for some of my clients, I manage a, social, a Twitter account or an Instagram account with them we share the password, we, we're both tweeting or posting and I found that to be, to be a great thing to do because some of this social media is so instant and a chef could take a picture of a new dish they have that night and send it out and then I can post news and articles and things like that. Are you, are you working that way with clients? Are they also sharing the responsibility of, of tweeting or how's that go?
4: Um absolutely we um I mean it really depends on the client. Um some clients are very active. Um we have a relatively new client this f- fantastic new rum, Salvarey rum. Um and they have uh, I like the name. Yeah, three young guys that um have created this uh brand with a couple other partners and um just launched it in LA and um they're super active on Instagram themselves and I, you know we can't really be where they they are so it's they're they're really managing that but when it comes to facebook they've provided some content we can help curate those albums for them and um help work with them on strategy and that's that kind of thing is true with a lot of our clients is mm-hmm. that we put together structured content calendars and we meet with our clients at least once a week to talk through what's happening um and then we do a lot of training to make sure that people on their team um know best practices and um you know they're not not using tactics that are um not as effective as they could be so we um we do have access to all of their social media um all of our clients social media handles and um so do they so and we we like to encourage their participation as much as possible but we also know i mean as you know um chefs and restaurateurs are very very busy people
3: yes they are i think we're on the same page with that though so that's it's good to good to know yeah
4: so we often say hey you know you know text us a photo email Mm -hmm. us a photo Give us some context. We'll help you get it out there. Um, But in the ideal world, we also have spent time sitting down with them, adding Instagram to their um, phone, getting them on there, um, walking them through their first posts and kind of um, pushing them out the plane, plane, so to speak with their parachute.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, I get it. And I think there's some chefs that I follow who, who just, they, they must love it because they're posting all the time. And it's really, I love following them because it's, it's interesting and, I think social media might intimidate people that don't do it. They don't know what it is. But as soon as you start, you start on it. Most likely, you're going to get hooked. I mean, that's yeah. my opinion. I mean, the one of the best things about Instagram, um,
4: especially considering perhaps the mind of a chef, is that there is uh, instant gratification. Um, once you get even a small audience, is that you put a good photo out there and you get a lot of uh, kind of love back from your your fans and mm-hmm. people who know you and comments and. It's it's gratifying right away to know that someone saw your photo and um, that they like what you're doing.
1: Yeah, very uh, and true. And
4: your audience grows, and um, that's not always the case with um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, your tweets kind of go out into thin air sometimes,
1: and
3: yeah, you uh, don't. True. I think there's there is that more instant gratification on Instagram for sure, and people love photos. Yeah,
4: people love photos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, whereas people don't always love tweets. True.
3: Okay, so last week, thank you for listening to the show last week. So you heard uh, Christo Mobayeni of Bento Box. She was on. We were talking about restaurant websites, and I asked her to ask you a question. So she wanted to know if you could give three specific tips for a restaurant or any establishment that may not have the resources and finances to have a full-time social media person such as yourself, um, someone, you know, that cultivates their story and keeps customers engaged. And so she wanted to know three tips to seem more active with their social media presence.
4: Yeah. I don't know if I have only three tips, but I'll, I'll try to narrow it down. Top three. Um, I mean, one of them is, uh, just to make social media a priority, um, as you would customer service and guest experience in your restaurant, is that just apply the time to it, to think about it, to learn about it. And, um, understand what resources you do have internally to make social media work for you. Um, it's not part of many restaurant managers' job descriptions to be on social media or to create content. It um, might start to be. Um, we certainly encourage, I and mean, we have this conversation with many of our clients, is that how do you make that part of the job description where, I mean, there's, there's many times during the day where there's some downtime, and can that, with the right training and strategy and process, um, can part of that time be spent on social media um, in a very focused way. So I think just even having that mentality at first is important with a restaurant. It's like, go do a search on Instagram and Twitter about what people are saying about you and realize that they're... I mean, unless you're brand new, mm-hmm. there's going to be a body of uh, conversation about your, your brand. And um, do you want to ignore that or be part of it? Um, so I think that's the... First thing, it's not really a helpful tip, but I, I think really... Oh, it's um, helpful. You know, getting yourself in the mindset where, like, all right, we're going to gonna we're gonna do social media. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes into the next tip, or an actual tip, which is um, get your team excited about social media. Um, we recommend things like sometimes um, reading out positive Yelp reviews at a staff meeting. You know, most restaurants gather their team together. Um, we also, down the road recommend reading out some negative ones too to let people know the impact of their um, their guest's experience um, on review sites Um, printing out and showing um, really nice Instagram photos that someone might have taken in your restaurant Uh, but getting people enthusiastic about the fact that people are creating content
3: yeah Um, I like all that
4: Yeah, and making people aware of your social media handles if you are in fact on social media I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a restaurant where I've asked the server like hey are you on Instagram I want to tag you and they're like I don't know. Hey, Joe, are we on Instagram? I don't know. Let me it's go ask. To, like, it's happening to me, too. Yeah. I'm like, how about Twitter? Like, oh, let me go ask another guy. Like, I think Susie might know. And um, it's amazing that the service staff doesn't actually know that. Not only do they not know, but they aren't looking every once in a while themselves to see, like, hey, who's tagged us? Like, what's happening in the restaurant? So I think some, some, uh, some enthusiasm across the team. And then at the same time, identifying, you know, who... Um, could you use in your team to help with social media? I think often uh, among your management team or your wait staff um, or even the culinary crew, you, you might have someone who's an excellent photographer um, or a designer um, or who's really excited about social media personally. They might even be a blogger. You never know what people do on the side. And trying to identify who can you um, who can you work with internally to help uh, with some of the key social media tasks. Uh, I, th- I think that's something that I've seen happen within client organizations, is find, you know, finding that and then nurturing someone. Um, you might have to compensate them extra. You certainly want to find someone who's going to be around for a while and not, you know, kind of poised to move off to something else.
3: No, Yeah, no, I agree with that. I've I've seen that with some of my clients, too. It, it's, a, it's a good tip. All good tips, so thank you. Okay, I have, I have, a, couple one more? I have couple a couple more. more. Go I'll, ahead. I'll be
4: quick on them, though, but um, one is uh, uh, let tools help you. So um, for example, Facebook has a page manager app that you can put on your mobile device or iPad that will let you manage your Facebook page. Um, there are certainly tools like HootSuite, um, and we use Sprout Social, which is a paid tool, but you can, there's a free version of HootSuite.
3: I use TweetDeck.
4: Um, TweetDeck. Um, I
3: like TweetDeck. I don't know if it has all the bells and whistles of these other ones, but it's easy. It's good to manage a bunch of accounts on Twitter.
4: Yeah, TweetDeck's great for Twitter. I think it's actually owned by Twitter. Um, Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then there's tools like uh, you may use like Mention or Talkwalker, which have replaced Google Alerts. Um, mention has a social media aspect to it, and you can have one free mention with their service, with the unpaid version. Uh, I think it's getmention.com or net. Um, but if you search for, for it online, you'll be able to find it. Okay. Um, and then for Instagram, uh, we use uh, free tools like Ink361 and Statagram to. Uh, search Instagram photos, search hashtags. Um, you can do a little bit of a search on um, the Instagram app, but this is um, a nice um, way of accessing Instagram. So, you know, finding tools to help you with the process.
3: Yeah, Statigram I'm familiar with. Well, that comes up when you Google. I don't know, when I search sometimes for certain hashtags, it always se- that comes up right away. Yeah, uh,
4: but finding the right tool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think the last thing I'd say is just give yourself a bit of a break. I think one reason that some some chefs and restaurateurs don't want to get on social media is because they get overwhelmed by, like, I have to post every day now that I'm on, and, um, I have to, like, we did a special, I have to get it out there, and we're doing an event, I, like, what's what am I going to, how am I going to do this, because I'm busy planning this event, and I think it's definitely uh, quality over quantity, and, that, you know, you want to respond to the, the messages you get in that are important, but give yourself a little bit of a break when you're starting out on social media. You don't have to try to do everything at once. Um, Just create some good content. Buy a good camera. The worst thing is getting bad photos out there.
3: I can't keep using my iPhone?
4: Um, If you were an expert (laughs) iPhone user, your photos are fantastic. (laughs) Uh, But I do do actually recommend getting a camera. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be a fancy digital SLR. Even a a good point-and-shoot works well. Um, But if you're going to put photos out there, don't make them blurry. Um, There's a very noted chef um, who had many um, blog posts written about her last year. maybe
3: a TV show? Is that who you... Well...
4: Um, She has had a TV show. She's very well known. um, Posting. Posting terrible photos. Yeah. Um, I won't call out Martha Stewart's name on the air. Yeah, I wasn't um, going
3: to either, but yeah, there was a lot of... There was press on it. Her photos were not great.
4: Yeah, I would recommend, (laughs) actually, um, all of you aspiring um, social media photographers, go take a look, just search for martha stewart social media fail perhaps and um take a look at those photos as an example and no judgment on martha stewart she's wonderful and um sure but that there was a time when her photography wasn't perfect and yes um, you want to definitely avoid that clear um well shot photos um, and don't worry about getting out too much awesome That's my Thank you.
3: Great tips. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with my speed round and industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
2: so far support the network and become a member membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us to become a member visit heritageradionetwork.org today
3: We're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Jeff Allen. Okay, it's time for my speed round questions. So, Jeff, I'm going to name two things, and you just pick your preference. There's no right or wrong.
4: Do you want more word answers, or a full, long description?
3: Well, one word answers, but if you feel you have to comment, go for it, because every everybody I've had on the show seems to comment, get to one something and it turns into a conversation so but more more simple just straight one word answers i'll try to restrain myself okay <laughs> mm. okay so the first one here we go eat in or eat out eat in
4: interesting I get, I get get interesting my, my wife and i like to cook a lot and it's 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 our hobby yeah. um, we also love eating out of course
3: yes okay no, no problem i'll give you the eat in wine beer or cocktail
4: Wine.
3: Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates?
4: Large plates for sharing.
3: Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram?
4: Uh, Instagram, but I want to go back and say if it's the chef's table at Barbudo, I'd (laughs) say chef's table. It's kind of a counter, oh, but it's a That in the table's there. cool.
3: I've never eaten at it, but I, I I've seen it on the way to the bathroom, right? You pass by that little nook. No, it's actually in the kitchen. So you oh, there's there was a there. okay, there's a private dining room table then that I was thinking of. Not this sh- okay. Yeah. I want to dine there.
4: It's great. All right, it's not on a, my list. It's client. on my list. Not a client, it's just great. Yeah.
3: yeah. No, I hear you. All right, how about this one? Too selfie or not too selfie?
4: Not to selfie. <laughs> I might be giving away my, my generation, but definitely not to selfie.
3: I've never seen a selfie of you. You will not see a selfie. That's what I, I kind of thought that was what you were going to say. I selfie every once in a while. I, ha- I have selfies,
4: but they will not make it onto uh, social media, and there's usually another person in the picture. So,
3: Got it. Duo selfie. How about South Beach Food or Wine or the Food Wine Classic in Aspen? I think you know the answer to that but the food and wine classic in Aspen yeah I gotta give them another little plug because we like we love that one even though South Beach is great but they're very different yeah I always have a good time in South Beach it's um, warm
4: and this winter has been brutal uh, here in New York Mm -hmm. Uh, but Aspen is probably my favorite week I've, I've been going there for I think the last 10 years um I used to work, do a lot of work out there. Now I get to go. Obviously, you know my wife works at Food and Wine and works on that event. It's her baby, so she does um, an
3: amazing job with it.
4: Thank so. you. I will tell her you said so.
3: Well, I think she knows that already. But yes, please do. Okay, one more: New York City or Brooklyn? Um, Brooklyn,
4: my um, my home for the last seven years. Williamsburg. So I, I definitely love Brooklyn. The neighborhood feel, great casual restaurants. Um, but cool. I do come into Manhattan every every day during the week for work.
3: Yes, you do. And you're here now, back in Brooklyn for sort of. Yes, work, and I'm going back know. into Manhattan afterwards for, for more work. <laughs> back yeah. and forth, the L train. <laughs> All right, great. You you did you did awesome. You won.
4: Excellent. I get some of this Highland Park uh, Scotch that your last uh, the last radio show left behind, which is a personal favorite of mine. So maybe yeah. another um, sponsor of yours, if. Uh, yeah, well. she,
3: they're probably sponsoring his his show before me, but yes, you scored with that. I, I definitely did. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some industry news this week. So, the first the first thing I wanted to bring up was big news at com, and I keep mentioning Eater on the show. Um, it's restaurant industry news sort of gossip website that I think all of us read and they just decided Last week, to hire three restaurant critics with dining budgets, so they hired. Well, they were Eater was bought by Vox Media last last year, so they they have a, they obviously have a, a budget now. So they hired Ryan Sutton, who is the reviewer at Bloomberg, and he's going to be their head restaurant critic, and he also does the Price Hike and the Bad Deal two columns that he's he's known for that are that are really great. They also hired Bill Addison of Atlantic Magazine, formerly of Dallas Morning News and San Francisco Chronicle. I wasn't familiar, familiar with him, but he's taking their national critic role. And then they also, they've had Robert Sietza of Village Voice on board for a little bit, uh, writing some columns. But now he's also going to do some reviews and continue doing videos. And I think this is this is a big deal. This is like a new era of paid restaurant reviewers on on a blog.
4: Yeah, I think it's really um, interesting news because um, there's three of them. First of all, mm-hmm. and they're also very well respected journalists. Um, I personally yes. like. Um, I have opinions about lots of reviewers, but <laughs> I really like Ryan Sutton's reviews and um, his columns. And I personally think uh, Sitzma. For, for me, I love to take Outer Borough trips um, to Flushing and Sunset Park. And he's been instrumental for, for me in uncovering um, some places that are off the beaten path. Um, really interesting cuisines. Um, so I'm hoping for more of that at while he's at Eater. Uh,
3: yeah, he's known for that. He's He discovers all these hidden gems, it seems.
4: Yeah, um, Eater really is a... Um, and I subscribe to Eater... Digests from across the country, Um, but Eater is is already one of my, you know, addition to Twitter and also Mm -hmm. New York Times Dining. But Eater is already my my go to source for uh, for food news. So I'm interested to see how it's going to even grow.
3: Yeah, me too, and and it's my source too. I certainly read it every day. Uh, It always has has news that that we would find fascinating, Um, and so this yeah this. I'm curious to see how this plays out but I think it's a good move especially since I think over the years a lot of newspapers have cut their dining budgets and that's the dining sections have gotten smaller restaurant reviewers have gotten smaller so I think it's great they're doing it I do
4: too I mean I think that uh, restaurants and food and even though I like to cook in and hospitality is the most fun thing about life I like to read about it more than almost anything else (laughs) so (laughs) um, I'm happy that they're investing in it and growing it um, yeah. good to see that rather than another trend
3: yeah i agree okay so another story this week well it's just an announcement that the james beard foundation made of its 2014 award nominees and also this week it was the iacp award so there was a lot of a lot of fabulous nominees and award winners kind of that were announced and so the gala is on May fifth and the book, broadcast and journalism awards are on May second and you usually go, right? I I'm going. Do you go or I, no?
4: I go every other year but every if I don't one. go then I um meet up afterwards for the parties. The parties.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's the fun a lot part. of people do that and yeah, I like going. I like getting dressed up and seeing everyone in their in their tuxes and it's i don't know it's a special occasion so
4: it's definitely good to get the return on investment on your tux
3: Uh, (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i was thinking i have to figure out what i'm going to (laughs) wear um so i mean there's there's too many categories to to talk about all of them but i i i I picked a few there's the that were more relevant to us in new york so there's the best chef category in new york city and the nominees are april bloomfield dan kluger mark ladner jonathan waxman and michael white Who do you think's the favorite here i don't i couldn't i kept i was looking at that and i was like well maybe jonathan waxman you know who we mentioned as you know, kind of a veteran but then i don't know what do you think who's gonna, who's they gonna all take ta- that?
4: they're all talented chefs i mean jonathan waxman i think sometimes the james beards do pay respect to people that um have a a long history of uh Success and mentorship, which he does. Um, so I think he's probably a, a solid favorite. Um, I don't know how many times he's been nominated. Sometimes it takes a few years before you actually get it.
3: Um, like Wiley. Like Wiley. Um, Who won it last year, right? Yeah, he did. He was he was like the Susan Lucci of, of the Food Awards. He was nominated, I don't know, like ten times, and then he finally won. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that category in general – I mean, there's many cities that have
4: great chefs, but I, I – Every time I look at that list, too, I think it should be 20 people long. Uh, there are so many great chefs in New York. Um, there are. And I, I personally will say that I'm always disappointed that my um, friend, who I think is an amazing chef, Harold Dieterle, is not on that list, because I think he's um, deserving of that uh, I agree. He should be. at least every year.
3: I would nominate him.
4: Thank you. If you make it on the committee, please. <laughs> Again, not a client, I don't, not I don't think they
3: put PR people on the committee, but... We'll see. Yeah. Not a client, I just
4: think he's a great chef. But yeah, I would say Jonathan mm-hmm. Waxman, um um but all those all those chefs are very um worthy of the nomination. So
3: they are. So I'm looking forward to seeing going and, and seeing who wins those those awards and just, just to be nominated it is it is an accomplishment, it really is. Okay, what well, so one more one more Quick uh, industry news, we had uh, Rotisserie Georgette today received two stars in the New York Times from Pete Wells, and that's Georgette Farkas's new place in the Upper East Side, and she worked for Danielle Ballou for 17 years doing his PR and marketing, and this was, she went, she had cooked a long time ago and went to hotel school, so she went back and followed her dream to open this rotisserie, and um, I'm very happy for her. Uh, I've been there, and I think the place is doing really well. It's I think the Upper East Side is embracing it. Have you been? Um,
4: I haven't been. Uh, I have read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fantastic story. I think all of us that work in hospitality and work with restaurants and chefs over the years have the secret dream of actually opening our own place while also understanding how much incredible work it takes to do so. So it's nice to see that someone can work, um, you know, in sort of a PR or marketing, and then one day realize that dream themselves. Um, I also think it's interesting to see how much chicken has, re- you know, made a resurgence. Uh, Chicken's the Nomad made a
1: comeback,
4: a yeah. The times of that whole chicken with the herb stuff in it. I mean, we. I, I used to not eat chicken out unless it was uh, fried chicken at a a good restaurant because it could be ruined so many um
3: I usually, ways. yeah, I usually don't order the chicken, but there's a lot of places now doing these chicken for twos, like the Nomad, and the, that have gotten a lot of attention because they're doing it very well.
4: Yeah, um, one of my favorite restaurants is Saint Anton, which is in Williamsburg, and they serve. I've been a, there.
3: Oh, excellent! I didn't know you. I, I'm sure I go we talked about it. But I go to but Brooklyn I, sometimes, but I had the steak, and I'm not even a big steak eater, but they're known so for steak.
4: They're um, tomahawk steak; it's a bone-in ribeye. It's fantastic, but they serve a chicken um, with the head and feet on, which is. Um, Ooh. Not the way you see it most places, but it's really, really very good. Um, but yeah, over the last couple of years, places like Rotisserie Georgette that are doing interesting things with chicken, um, sourcing really good quality birds and then um, treating them with a lot of love. And the price tag sometimes matches that, but um, it's not something I thought I would ever see if you asked me a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, very true. All right, great. We're going to take one more quick break here. We'll be right back with my solo dining experience on All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. So recently, I checked out Bacon Bar, a new restaurant in Hell's Kitchen on 9th Avenue near 55th Street. And I'm wondering if bacon has jumped shark with a restaurant dedicated entirely to bacon. But has it? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, people love bacon. Actually, one of my industry friends, Catherine, has an annual Bacon Fest party every year. And guests bring a bacon dish, and she also has bacon cocktails. So, it's quite the party. And obviously, there's people out there that love bacon. So, I went to this place. I was by myself. It was over the weekend. And I sat at the bar. And as soon as you walked in, there was this strong bacon smell, obviously. Everything cooked there was with bacon. Um... So I didn't I didn't mind. No one else there seemed to either, and actually it was a big drinking crowd. It was almost more like a sports bar atmosphere. So I asked the bartender what was popular to get, and he said, Shawnee's BLT, which was a traditional BLT with avocado, ed egg, and mayo. So that's what I got. It was a huge sandwich, and it was really messy, but it was very tasty. I don't know if it was the best BLT I've ever had, but I liked it. So I ate half and took the rest to go. It was, it was, really, it was really quite a large sandwich. And um, would I go back? Uh, sure. I think I would go back with some of my bacon-obsessed friends where we could, char- where we could share more things with bacon. And um, I don't think, actually, b- bacon is going anywhere. I think it's sort of like social media. It's here to stay. So Bacon Bar's website is baconbar.com if you want to check it out. What do you think? Bacon? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I love bacon. Um, As long as it's not turkey bacon, then I... Yeah, no, I think this is the legit bacon bacon. Okay, so Jeff, time for the final question. Now, next week, my guest is Michael Hewitt. He is the chief recruiting officer at the Chef Agency, which is a hospitality recruitment and placement agency and affiliate of Stephen Kamali Hospitality. So could you ask a question for him... That I will ask him next week. Um,
4: yeah, so I, I think um, when it comes to hiring, I, I always like what Danny Meyer says, and I'll paraphrase, that you kind of use your gut and go for the, the best person, regardless of necessarily their skill set, mm-hmm. um, someone that you know you can train, sort of a, the best available athlete in a sports metaphor. Um, my question is, what is the number one thing that you look for in that sense that's not like where have you cooked and what are your skills, but what is the how how would you articulate that? and What would you look for in a a candidate um, that's less uh, tactile, I guess, that's less specific. Is there is there something that clues you in to th- that this person is the person the hire and that they can um, yeah. fit the team? And I guess the other question from what we talked about earlier is, do you ever consider social media presence or skills? Um, or interest in social media when looking at a candidate for back of the house, I assume we're talking back of the house, or for a restaurant in general.
3: They do both. They Um, do both. I think, well, I have to ask them that, too. Maybe more back of the house, but they certainly, I think it's a job recruitment, um, just everything under the hospitality umbrella.
4: Yeah, I'd be curious to know, especially front of the house, whether they're considering um, knowledge of uh, how to manage review sites and Google Places and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook if that's part of the uh, job description um, for talent.
3: Awesome. Great questions. I will ask him. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming out here.
4: Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's great talking to you, um, as always, and uh, congratulations on your show.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay, everyone listening, I've been talking to Jeff Allen. He is the Executive Director of Social Media at Wagstaff Worldwide. His website is wagstaffworldwide.com. He's on Twitter at Jeff, Jeff Allen NYC, at wagstaff New York. Instagram is Jeffrey F. Allen. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at All Industry, at Sherry Bayer, and at Bayer PR. And my website is BayerPublicRelations.com. Now, if you miss this live broadcast or any of our shows, you can find us archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and on Stitcher. Thanks to Evan, Aaron, and Jack, and all of you out there listening. This has been All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network, and I'm Sherry Bayer. Please join me again next Wednesday at 4 p.m. for another live show. Till then, have a great week. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network.